Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mac. Today we're going to talk about a crockpot meal that we make around here fairly often and it is a very popular recipe. It's kind of loosely called five can chili. I looked it up on the internet to see if it actually existed in real life and um, <laughs> because you know if it exists on the internet it exists in real life. So anyway I looked it up uh, online to see if there were any five can chili recipes that kind of compared to mine or what other people did and I couldn't really find one that was like this one. Um, but this is a good recipe that you can do in your crock pot. You can prep it the night before or you can prep all the ingredients the night before and uh, put it in your crock pot in the morning. Um, a great thing that you can do with a slow cooker or crock pot is if you're making a soup like this where um, the ingredients are canned or pre-cooked, you can assemble that uh, the evening before and put the entire crock pot liner and lid and everything in your refrigerator and then just take it out and set it in the crock pot in the morning and turn it on. That is a huge time saver, especially if you're like me and you're always um, five minutes late to everything running out the door, so it really works well. Also, if you haven't discovered the wonderful invention of crockpot liners, you really need to try them out. Yeah, there's these, there's these uh, things are called crockpot liners, and they're heat-resistant bags, and you put them in your crockpot, and then you cook your food in them, and, and they you, work really well. And then you don't need to scrub out a whole crockpot after. No, you just lightly wash it. Yeah. They're fabulous, fabulous things. So, here we are. We're in North America, in western Pennsylvania. Fall is upon us, or autumn as I prefer to call it. I don't know why I said fall. I think I typed fall. Why did I even type fall? Anyway, the weather is not getting cooler, however, here in western Pennsylvania. We're still in the 80s. Uh, but this is a great meal to make when it's cold out, when it's cold out. Uh, in the winter, it's just a very good meal. You just make this uh, five can chili, add some bread or cornbread that I'm going to give you the recipe for, and now you've got a meal. You can add to the five canned ingredients that I'm going to give you. You can also add fresh vegetables. You can add um, cut up green pepper, red pepper, you know, all the variety of peppers that there are. So you can add. Um, a pepper or two cut up. You can add fresh tomatoes if you have some around to throw them in. Onions. Chopped onion is good if you like onions. You can add a little bit of garlic to this. Um, people uh, often like things like mushrooms in their chili. I'm not a fan of putting things that don't belong in chili in chili, but you know, <laughs> some people think uh, beans don't belong in chili, so I guess that's a thing too. Anyway, here's the basic recipe. So five cans. Here's your five cans. You're going to have two cans of diced tomatoes and those cans are approximately a 15 ounce can they have they vary in size anymore due to uh, prices going up your can sizes are going down if you haven't noticed so what was maybe a 16 ounce can is now a 15 ounce can and I just discovered recently that what I thought was a 15 ounce can is now a 14 ounce can so they change a little, not going to hurt too much. So two cans of diced tomatoes, and there's a couple of different companies that have really good diced tomato products out now that have extra things in them like green chilies or uh, chipotle peppers or um, green peppers and onions and garlic, whatever. I inadvertently used 
two cans of tomatoes with um, diced green chilies in them, but they were not the mild diced green chilies. So my <laughs> chili was super hot. It was very good, but it was way hotter than I was expecting it. Um, two cans of beans. I like to use one can of red beans, um, which are the standard kidney beans, and one can of black beans. And I always drain and rinse my beans off. Um, some people think some people like to leave all the liquid in and all of the um, bean dust in there. <laughs> but I word for it. I think it makes, you know, especially black beans, they make everything look kind of muddy. So if you yeah. like to leave it in, but I, I uh, drain and rinse them. So one can of red beans, one can of black beans, and then one can of tomato soup. And it's just a regular little can of tomato soup, which I believe is a, I want to say it's a 10-ounce can. I should have looked at my cans better, but oh well. I'm not always as prepared as I think I should be. And I used up all my cans, so now I don't have them. So I can't even look. Anyway, there's your five cans. Two cans of, of uh, diced tomatoes, two cans of beans, and one can of tomato soup. And you just mix those up in your crock pot and add... I generally add two cans of water from the tomato soup can. That's just about enough liquid. If you don't like a ton of liquid in your chili, then just add one can. Then you can add um, a half to one pound of cooked meat. So you want to take, if you're going to add meat to this, you want to brown it in a skillet ahead of time. You can use ground beef, which is what I usually use. And don't break it up really small. Leave it in bigger pieces. But you can use ground beef. You can use ground turkey. You could use ground chicken. You could use hot sausage or mild sausage. That works really well. Um, bulk sausage. And that gives it a little bit of a different flavor. Um, you can use the... Uh, Vegan alternatives like um, black bean burgers. If you take a black bean burger and grill it and, or um, fry it and then cut that up, that works really well too. But it breaks up a little bit more. Haven't we made this with uh, venison before too? Venison works well in it. Um, cubed venison works well in it. The same thing, just cook it ahead of time. So you need a half to one pound of meat. I also made this. I wanted to try this because I found a vegetarian chili recipe. So I made it with... Um, yams I actually substituted yams for the meat and made it and while it was very good I can honestly say that yams are not a good substitute for meat so for me they're not a good substitute for meat but it was very good when I made the yams I did not pre-cook them I put them in the bottom of the crock pot and put all the ingredients on top of them so but it was I used uh, four yams and peeled and cubed them and just put them in the bottom of the crock pot and they even retained a really nice texture too then you're going to add um, one and a half teaspoons of chili powder and one, or I'm sorry, one and a half tablespoons of chili powder and one teaspoon of cardamom. And you mix that up lightly, just mix it up a little bit. And then when you cook it in your slow cooker or crock pot, you're going to cook it on low for six to eight hours. So if you're at work longer than you think, which always happens to me, if you started in the morning and you have it on low, um, and you don't have a person who you can call and say, hey, turn the crock pot down to warm. Uh, you might want to either start it on a timer, which a lot of the newer slow cookers have a timer built right into them. Or if you can have someone who's at home and leaves after you start it. But it's really um, between six and eight hours. Very, very good on low. And um, especially with the, if you're going to use uh, yams instead of meat, you're definitely going to need at least um, the eight hours. 
because yams are very, very hard and they take a long time to cook. I did not realize that, but they take a long time to cook. Now, when this is done, I mean, you don't have to stir things when you're cooking them in a slow cooker or crock pot. You just, you know, let them cook. Uh, but this is done. You want to give it a good stir. Make sure all of your things are dispersed throughout it. If you're using fresh vegetables in it, you don't have to cook them beforehand before putting them in. So if you're using peppers and onions and tomatoes, um, you can just put them in with your ingredients and let them cook along with it. So there you go. There's your chili. And the only thing you need to worry about pre-cooking is meat if you add it. Right. The only thing you need to worry about pre-cooking is meat. So you can make it without meat and without yams also. I've done that and just used the the basic five cans and the two cans of water and made it. And it's really good. So you don't even need the meat slash meat substitute or anything. You can just make it like that. And this is also a really good thing if you're in college or something, you know, or taking classes or something like that, and even in a dorm where they allow you to have a cooking device, which is not a stove, this is really an easy thing for you to do um, living on campus in a dorm with a crock pot because you can open up five cans and dump them into the crock pot and put your spices in and leave it and go do your classes throughout the day and come back and have a very nice hot, healthy meal to eat when you get back. You'll have meal meal for days. Well, unless you have friends that come to visit you, then you'll have meal for, yeah. oh, five to ten minutes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is the college way. Everyone comes over and eats your food. Yes, exactly. So now you have your chili. Now what are you going to have with it? You could have a good bread with it, buns, rolls, whatever, Cornbread is always good with chili. And I have a very good cornbread recipe that you can make yourself from scratch. And I actually used my very nice neighbor, Grant McKinley, grew some corn last year that was non-GMO seed. Um, and it was uh, grown organically without pesticides, fertilizers, and those sorts of things. And he grew a beautiful little field of corn. And then he... Um, harvested that and ground the corn into cornmeal and he gave me about a one pound bag of cornmeal and it was a it's a coarse grind what he gave me which is really good I've never had cornmeal like this before it actually had bigger pieces of corn in it and I used that to make my cornbread you can just use regular cornmeal from the grocery store though um, or you know look for a GMO cornmeal which is available in specialty food places and health food places um, but this is the recipe for cornbread, for Mary Mac cornbread. Um, and Mary Mac likes to take regular recipes and tweak them to meet her needs. So, <laughs> so I Mary mac this recipe. I actually got this recipe out of the Better Homes and Gardens cookbook, which if you don't have a, a, like a regular cookbook in your home, um, I'd like to recommend the Better Homes and Garden cookbook. It's a kitchen standard. Um, it has like... The whole cookbook is basic recipes. There's a few, I don't know, there's a few of the more complicated recipes in it. Not many, but most of the recipes in that particular cookbook are things that are foundational to your ability to cook. And they have very good directions, good ingredient lists. They don't do what I like to call the uh, Perot recipe where they throw in an ingredient somewhere in the directions that you didn't see in the ingredient list, you know, and then you're like, wait a second, I didn't put that teaspoon of salt in, and, you know, 
So they don't do that. It's not that kind of a cookbook. It's a very good cookbook. And uh, this is, I've, I have a lot of recipes that I've um, used from mine and, like I said, tweaked and made them my own. So this is one of them. Um, it's one cup of unbleached white flour, uh, one cup of cornmeal. And like I said, I use that non-GMO um, locally grown cornmeal that my friend gave me, but any cornmeal will work. One cup of cornmeal. A fourth cup of raw sugar. Uh, raw sugar sometimes goes by the name of sugar in the raw or demerara. It's a very good sugar and oh, you would love it. I think everybody would love it. It's a bigger sugar crystal and it's very, very flavorful. So that's what I use. And um, because it's a bigger crystal, if you you can't just substitute a cup for a cup if you're going to use granulated. Because you would be adding way more sugar. Oh, no, not really. Not really. really? However, it doesn't dissolve um, as good as white sugar does. So when you use raw sugar, I love raw sugar. If I, make, I have an oatmeal cookie that I make with raw sugar, which we'll do in another show. But it, I use part raw sugar in it, and the raw sugar stays real crunchy. So when you eat the oatmeal cookie, you get um, sugar, like actual little bits of sugar that you're crunching on and it's such a different texture for an oatmeal cookie i yeah. love it i mean it's it's just really good but it's raw sugar it's since it's bigger it would be actually less sugar in the cup because it's not you know filling up all yeah. those little air gaps but it has the flavor it actually flavor wise kind of equals out with regular okay sugar. see i thought it was the same uh comparison thing like using sea salt or kosher salt instead of like regular table salt because eh, not exactly because the yeah. table salt is super salty yeah and sometimes and it's, and it's super fine so you're using right. a lot more and people sometimes over salt um with actually with the kosher salt because they're they aren't tasting that same saltiness like they taste with regular table salt and they're like mm -hmm. oh i need more salt oh, and it's not the same but yeah well that's just one of those things mm -hmm. so okay back to our recipe Four teaspoons of baking powder. Baking powder. <laughs> Not baking soda. There means, is a difference there. Yes, there is. Um, four teaspoons of baking powder. Three-fourths teaspoon of kosher salt. Two eggs. I think large eggs. I used... Um, the eggs I used were from my brother-in-law, uh, and his chickens are a little on the young side, so they're still a little small. Or they were from my nephew, one of them. I don't know. The whole darn family has chickens, so um, they're they a little on the small side. So I think definitely a large egg would have been better uh, for what I made, but I, I don't care. Cornbread is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Um, one cup of milk and a fourth cup of melted butter. Melted butter, even if you're making instant cornbread, not instant, from a mix. Jiffy cornbread mix is awesome. It it's is. A, it's one of it's the best. It's so good. It's one of the best cornbread mixes on the market. Probably the best, I think. But I always, when I use cornbread mixes or make my own, I use melted butter instead of um, shortening or oil or whatever they call for. I always use melted butter. It just gives the cornbread such a good flavor. And mm -hmm. this particular cornbread recipe, you honestly don't need butter with it. I mean, you could put butter on it, but you don't need it. However, what you do need is a lot of honey poured over it, which is how I eat cornbread, and it'll be in the picture on the Facebook page. You'll see the obnoxious amount of honey that I poured onto my piece of cornbread. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like a 
cornbread is like a honey sponge. That's what it's made for. That's mm-hmm. its mission in life is to soak up honey. So that's my cornbread recipe, and it's really simple. You basically mix the dry ingredients, then you mix the wet ingredients and mix them both together just until they're smooth. Do not overstir, and cornbread will start to grow, like, immediately. It's like a sci-fi experiment, you know, like you're watching a sci-fi movie and the scientist mixes up something and it starts to bubble over the top. That's kind of what cornbread does. It immediately starts to grow as soon as (laughs) that baking powder hits. Um, But you want to mix it up until just smooth, and then you can bake that. I like to use, I have a um, Pampered Chef small round baking pan. It's like the, it's, I think they, people call them a cornbread dish, but it's like a eight inch diameter, two and a half inch deep um, pottery baking dish. That works really well, but even a, a metal cake pan works well, like a nine inch round cake pan, or if you have a cast iron skillet, you got to grease it up real good. Um, with shortening and put your cornbread in, but that works really nice for cornbread. They bake it, it makes it really nice. And you want to bake that at um, 425 for about 20 to 25 minutes, depending on how your oven is. And um, the cornbread, when cornbread isn't done, um, I always test it with my finger and just lightly touch the top of the towards the middle of the cornbread, not directly in the center, but about an inch inch and a half out from the center and just take your um, index finger and lightly put it on the cornbread and wiggle it and if if it's not baked you can very gently feel that middle moving and it won't fall if you stick a knife in it uh, every time I stick a knife in it it falls or a toothpick or whatever but I found if I just do with my finger it um, you can tell if it's done or not because it's not quite solid and that it I'm telling you Chili and cornbread, what it, it's a very simple meal to make. You can actually, um, if you wanted to do this for supper, like say tomorrow you want to make this, this is going to be your supper. You can mix your dry ingredients up the night before and have them in, a, in the bowl ready, covered up with foil or plastic wrap or a lid or whatever. And then when you, um, when you come home, just to make your life simple, you have all your dry ingredients in there. Just add your eggs, milk, and melted butter, stir it up, and put it in the pan and bake it. So it's a little shortcut. Um, it's a little shortcut for you just to make your life a little bit easier. And, of course, crock pot and slow cooker cooking makes your life a little bit easier. So this is a real nice thing to do if you know you're going to be having a busy night. Or if you just like me, you like an easy dinner meal plan. So hope you'll give it a try. Um, we'll have some pictures up of things on the Facebook page. I have some pictures of my strange uh, five-can chili with yams, which actually, <laughs> like I said, it was pretty good. It was very hot, but it was pretty good. And um, we have some cornbread pictures that we'll put up. And then the recipe, we'll have a, a recipe card for this on our Facebook page and on our website, which is com. Thank you very much producer Anna for your knowledge of our social media outlets you're welcome I should know what they are because I'm the one who posts on all of them yes <laughs> and created them you're fantastic <laughs> thank you very much well everybody thanks for listening if you did and if you didn't too bad for you <laughs> <laughs>